I was thinking this week and spending a lot of time in study of uh, 1 John chapter 5. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn over there. We're going to be drawing out from 1 John chapter 5. The subject matter of us looking at our, our faith and our faith in Christ, uh, where we stand, what we believe in, and the effect that, that faith has upon us and what we believe. I think this very much builds off of our Bible class. What we understand and believe and know about our Creator, that we, what we know about Jesus Christ, what we know about the Bible, all these things are, give us great strength and confidence. And we want to hold to them and stick to them. I ask this question here, not, as, um, not to be critical, okay? But to think about what God's doing, and not so much about us, but what He's done through our faith. So what has God accomplished through your faith? Your faith that Jesus is the Son of God. Think about that. How has your, that faith in Jesus, how, how has it changed you? What would you be like without it? What effect does it have on you? And there are some wonderful things here in statements in 1 John chapter 5 about the power of that faith and the strength that we, we are given by our faith. Just by the fact that we are believing and trusting on our Creator. The Bible says that it gives us victory. That's what we're going to read about this morning. That we overcome the world because we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. It's an amazing thing to think about. And you look over the course of your life and the things that have changed about you, the things that you have repented from, those of whom you, take, you took opportunity to help because of your faith in Christ, the fact that you have spent much of your time and your life of thinking about your Creator and thinking about your Savior and just the thoughts about Christ changes your heart, changes your mind, helps you to focus on what you need to really focus on, gives you meaning and joy and purpose and greater love in life because you know who Jesus is and you believe in Him and you trust in Him. That faith right there is so powerful. Just the fact that I am believing in Jesus, that I'm trusting in Him, that I know His words and who He is. And that the more I know about Him, the more I want to be like Him. The more I follow Him and the more that I trust in Him, the more that I want to read the Bible, the more that I want to think about my Creator and reflect upon my, my God, especially on a beautiful day like this, I know who my God is. And I trust in Him. That faith is victorious. And it is powerful. What I want to do this morning so I want to go to 1 John, again, chapter 5. We're going to read verses 1 through 12, draw some observations out there. I got part of that already in the bulletin, if you want to fill in the blank. But before we do that, I ask that you pray with me. Let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, we stand in awe of you. You are amazing and powerful, and you have strengthened us, and you have given us a faith that we can stand in this world, and you have given us a faith that has overcome the world. Father, help us to stand with confidence to share what we believe, to live every day knowing that you have sent a Savior into the world, Jesus Christ, that he died for us and that he has saved us and that, Father, we have eternal life because he rose from the dead. Father, help us to live every day in encouragement and upon those words. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Let's go to 1 John uh, chapter 5 and let's look at verses 1 through 12 here. 1 John chapter 5, 1-12. through 12. I want to look at a passage this Sunday about who Christ is as the Son of God. 
And over the next coming weeks, we'll be looking at Jesus and his crucifixion and his death and his resurrection and much more. So I want these things to be on our mind and on our focus, recognizing how powerful uh, faith in Jesus, our belief and trust in him is. All right, let's begin reading verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. All right, just kind of a, a summary right there. You believe in Jesus, then you have in the past been born again because of that faith. And everyone who loves God the Father loves His children, loves those who have been begotten by Him, been born. So we've been born in that faith. And so having that faith, we must love one another. And in loving God and loving others, what do we do? We keep God's commandments. That's what we're reading here. Look at verse 3. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Jesus said this, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You'll keep my instructions. And what Jesus said in the Great Invitation in Matthew 11 and verse 30, He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The commandments are not burdensome. Sin is burdensome. Sin is what pulls on us. A lot of people will say about the commandments, oh, but it's so hard to keep. It's not so much the commandments, it's not the commandments that is the burden, it is the, the sin to do contrary to them. Keep reading here, verses 4 and 5. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. You've been born of God. You have that faith that Jesus is the Son of God. You have overcome the world. I'm going to talk more about this in a minute. Very important right here. Our key passages, 4 and 5. Everyone who has been born of God, because you believe, you have faith, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world. How so? How has my faith that God has given me overcome the world? I think that's worth a great time of our study and confidence and, our, and to study and to think about deeply so that we, we rely upon our faith even more. Look at verse 5. Who is it that overcomes the world? Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You believe that Jesus is the Son of God? You are overcoming the world. You are presently doing that. In fact, it's already been accomplished through Christ. Keep reading here, verses 6-12. through 12. This is He who came by water and blood. He came by water and blood. Jesus Christ. How did Jesus come by water and blood? If you think about it for a minute, you probably have some good ideas. You've probably studied this before. You know. But we're going to talk about that. He says, not by the water only, but by the water and the blood. And so he seems to be countering the idea there that Jesus really didn't give his blood and die. And that seems to be a, a false belief that was going on. That, that Christ wasn't there on the cross and, and died in the flesh and gave his blood. All right, look at the next thing. It says, and the Spirit is the one who testifies. God's Spirit. Well, how can I know what God's Spirit testifies, what God's Spirit uh, bears witness of? It says the Spirit right here is truth. It says the Spirit is the one who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree. 
Now, I know there's a variation there. We can comment more on that later. Look at verse 9. But if we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. What's the testimony of God? The water, the blood, and the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit speak to us? He speaks through us through Scripture. So if we receive the testimony of men, he's saying, and a lot of people, we, we want to listen to the world too much, but he says, listen to the, the witness of God. God bears witness and he's done it in this way. He says, for this is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his son. Whoever believes in the son of God has the testimony in himself. He has God's witness. What God has said is true, that Jesus is the son. He has that belief in himself. That message, the gospel, whoever does not believe God has made him a liar. You're saying that God bears false witness if Jesus is not the Son of God. If you do not believe this, you're you're believing that God is a liar. But it says because he has not believed in the testimony that God is born concerning his Son. Look at verses 11 and 12. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. So what's a part of that message? What has God borne witness to? That Jesus is the Son of God, and then we have eternal life. That God has given us eternal life. He's given it. It's a gift. And this life is done. It's only in His Son. And verse 12, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever has Christ and believes in Him, and that testimony is within Him, He has eternal life. And whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. If you don't have the Son of God and you don't believe in Him and you don't believe God, you do not have eternal life. You know, this is it. This is the message. It comes down to this. Do I believe? Why would I believe? What strength, what words are there? And we've got some very basic evidence here that God testifies to us. And we're going to look at that uh, for a moment as well. And think about the power of our, of our faith. Now, if you're reading those, you kind of read through them, you're saying, you're saying a lot of things there, but it's, it's kind of hard to put a lot of that together. And think about where John was going with it. But keep, let's think about it a bit further. Let's make some observations. All right, so 1 John 5 and verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus the Christ has been, notice that, if you believe in the present tense, um, you've been born in the past tense of God. Uh, starting from that initial belief, but you continue to believe. 1 John 5 and verse 1. Those who love God love the one whom God sent. They, they, you love those who are born of God. You love Christ. And therefore, you also love the brotherhood. You love other Christians. We see that very clearly. The children of God are those who love God and they keep His commandments. Am I a child of God? Well, you can answer that question. Do I believe? Do I keep God's commandments? Am I living by that faith? And that's either because that is how we overcome the world. And what are we overcoming in the world? We'll see that in a moment. The faith that Jesus is the Son of God is the faith that overcomes the world. I'm going to comment more on this in a minute, but we're going to read a passage there, and you go back there and you look at 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, and you see the word overcome, overcome, and overcome. It's the Greek word nikao. The noun form of it is nike, which is victory. And this is the point there. In that verse which says that this is the victory that overcomes the world, he's being redundant. He's emphasizing. He said this word uh, at least four times there. I count in the text that you overcome, you overcome, and you overcome the world. And it's the theme throughout 1 John. And you have the Nike, the victory. And you're familiar with the word Nike because we usually pronounce it as Nike. It's the Greek word Nike. It means victory. It means to overcome. 
When you think about Nike, you think about the word in the Bible where Christians had the victory. Christians had the faith that overcomes. Just that faith, that trust in God, gives us the power and ability to overcome the things that are in the world. That all of 1 John is talking about. He says, I want you to know the Word. I want you to know that we're witnesses of the Word, that we lived with Him, we touched Him. That's what John starts in chapter 1. And then he says, now don't say that you don't sin. You do sin, but you are not to practice sin, he goes on to say in chapters 2 and 3. And he says, and when you sin, what you need to do is walk in the light, and the blood of Christ will continually be washing away Um, those sins. Now at the same time, even though we do sin, we should not practice it. We don't live in it. If we're faithful and we believe in God, we have overcome those things. Think about this a little bit further. As we continue to read here, we got this kind of interesting statement. It says that Christ came by the water and by the blood. How did he come by the water and the blood? As some have said, this is merely talking about his birth and the flesh and his death. Uh, But most, I, I agree with this, that when he's saying water here, he's referring to baptism. That Jesus was baptized. And in, in the time of the first century, there was this uh, individual, this false teacher, who had gone around and he was saying, yes, uh, Jesus was a good and holy man, but God entered him and came upon him when he was baptized, and only then. And then right before his death, well, then God left him. And, well, that's a heretical belief that he was not fully God, that he was not God coming to flesh, that he was not the Christ who died. Uh, Why would they come up with that? It's a very strange idea. But what John's affirming here, and he says, yes, Jesus was baptized. And then he says, look at the life of Jesus. Jesus' life, what he did, how he behaved, and how he lived, testifies of who he is and why we believe in him. He was baptized, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him, and God declared from the heavens, this is my beloved Son, of whom I am well pleased. We also see when we think about this, and you know it this morning, when you take the Lord's Supper, and you think about Jesus' death, and you think about His crucifixion, there should be a great conviction within you. You think about that faith, you're reflectful often of your life. You may be even saying, God, please forgive me of my sins. I need to be right with you. Thank you. Thank you for that sacrifice of Jesus. Thank you for His body and His blood that He died there on the cross. We think about these things and has a constant effect on us. Is the power of faith and everything that God has given us to overcome the world. And as we also noted, the Spirit testifies that Jesus is the Son of God. You've got all these prophecies of the coming Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One who would come, that He would die and He would rise from the dead. We can go to Isaiah 53. We can go to Psalm 2, Psalm 22, Psalm 16, Psalm 110. The number of passages that come to mind are these predictions of the Messiah. They're throughout the Old Testament saying He came. And the Holy Spirit testifies. God's Spirit has spoken through the prophets. And so we know from the life of Christ, we know by Jesus' actions, we know by His death and the way that He died, we look at it and we say, just like this, the um, centurion there at Christ's side said, this is truly the Son of God. We do the same thing. Every Sunday when I partake of the communion and I think about Christ's death, I say, truly, He is the Son of God. I, I feel like I'm that man right there who just put Him on the cross, but then I say, He is the Son of God. And so the water, the blood, and the Spirit, they testify. In 1 John 5, 9 and 10, um, we also see this, that those again who believe that Jesus is the Son of God They have God's testimony. God has told the truth. He has borne witness. And that testimony lives within us. The Word of God, the truth from Him, stands there. And if you don't believe this and you reject Jesus, you're saying that God 
bears false witness. Very much ties in with our Bible study this morning, too, the idea of the inerrancy of God and His Word. For someone to deny Christ or deny God or to deny the Bible is to say that God can bear false witness, that He could lie, which is totally, absolutely false. But God's testimony is that He gave eternal life. That's a part of the Gospel message. So when we believe in Christ and we trust in Him, we see who He is, we also have the promise that we have eternal life and that comes through Him. How many people today are comfortable with who Jesus is? A lot of people that aren't. They always want to take things and twist things about that, that we, we say about Jesus. Even about that, that guy in the first century who said, well, certainly God wouldn't let Jesus as a prophet die on the cross. There's a religion today that says that. that there's a religion today that says Jesus didn't really die on the cross. He looked like He died on the cross. That's contrary. That's to say God is a liar, that God has deceived that Jesus has not accomplished His mission. And people want to twist. They want to change things. They want to come up with other gods. They don't want to be confronted with who their Creator is. But if they would, if they would just submit to God, trust in Him and follow Him, then that faith gives you strength to overcome the world. But how so? How is it? How, how is the Christian faith that powerful? And what does it even mean? Overcome the world. What does that mean? Where is the victory over the world? What is the meaning of this? All right, go back there to 1 John uh, chapter 5, verses 4 and 5. And as I mentioned before, notice the words again. For everyone who's been born of God overcomes the world. He has victory over the world. And this is the victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So we have this victory. And you might be thinking, well, there's a number of ways I can see that. I can see it right there in the text. I have eternal life because it's been promised to me. I have victory. I've overcome the world. But the whole message of 1 John is that even though you sin, you have the blood of Christ washing away your sin so that you don't go back and live in it. That you walk in the light. That you not practice sin. And so you have that victory. You have the victory that Jesus states here because Christ says this. He tells His apostles in the shadow of His own cross in the night and the time He's about to be betrayed. As He's gone with His disciples and He's going to the garden, He says this in John 16 and verse 13. Jesus says, I have said these things to you that in Me you may have peace. That's the whole point of His message. This is the very last phrase right here. It's sentence and what Jesus says to them there before He prays to the Father. He says, I say all these things that you may have peace. Why? Because in the world you will have tribulation. You're going to have trials. You're going to have suffering. There's going to be hard times that are come before you. But you know this. Jesus says, take heart. See, the power of the faith is that we have encouragement constantly from Christ. Though we have our heart encouraged, the core of our belief and who we are it changes because Christ says, I have overcome the world. And what about the world? We've seen, I've made a little bit of inference to it already into the sin, the things that are about that. You hear a lot of people in the world, the world tells us, believe in yourself. Trust in you. Know who you really are. Find the inner divine. All this kind of new age kind of stuff. Uh, what does the Bible say? What would the Scriptures say? What does God say about that? The first thing we need to do is to be believe this. Not 
believe in ourselves, but to believe in God and to believe in Christ. Then you're going to know what to believe about yourself. There's the value. You know who you are. I'm made in the likeness of God. God loves me. I'm a child of God. I've been born of God. I've been given the promise of eternal life. I've been given freedom from sin. I have a faith that I continue to trust in God. I'm going to resist those things. I have a basis of faith that I'm never going to give up, that I can take heart, that I can trust that Jesus has overcome the world. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 4-6, through 6, John had mentioned this before. He says, little children, you are from God. And the reference here is that you've been born of God. You're from God. And you've overcome them, them who are of the world. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And so the Scriptures say here that God is in us and God dwells within us by love and by faith. And you keep reading there in 1 John, you see that. It says God is love, verse 8, verse 16. And that when you abide in God and you abide in His love, His love abides in you and God abides in you. God remains with you and in you. And so that's where the strength from, comes from. It says, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Well, who's he in the world? The evil one. Satan, the influence of Satan. He says, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. You, you hear this all the time. And he's talking about false teachers here. you got people that are lying all the time. You turn on your TV, lie after lie after lie. Find a channel. You can find the lies. Um, unless you find maybe GBN or something like that. Uh, Gospel Broadcasting Network. Uh, but you're going to find lots of lies. You're going to find a lot of truth. The world's always telling you things that are not true. But what gives us victory over the world? It's faith. We're not going to be deceived. We're not going to be moved from Christ. He says we are from God. We've been born of God. Whoever knows God listens to us. And so now here the apostles, John's emphasizing, we're from God. Those who listen to us, um, or who know God, listen to us. They listen to the apostles. And by this, we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So what power, what power, what influence, what does the world give us? The world doesn't give us any more meaning or purpose. All the, all the world wants to do is feed our pride. It wants to feed lust, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh. Those are the things we see. We see it right here. Notice what John says. This is part of our reading this morning. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 19. The whole world lies in the power of who? The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. How so? By what power? By what influence? Don't be deceived by the world. You've overcome the world by your faith that Jesus is the Son of God. So 1 John chapter 2, 15-17. This is what we read from John. He says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. That's how you've overcome it. When you love God, you're going to keep His commandments. When you believe in Christ, you're going to love Him. You're going to love the church. You're going to love what is good and what is right. You want to do those things. And he says, and if anyone loves the world, the love of the, of the Father is not in him. Well, that makes sense. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. You hear about that today. A lot of people have a lot of pride in their life. They have a lot of lust, a lot of desires, a lot of coveting that is going on there. And he says about these things, these things are not from the Father. They've been distorted. They've been perverted. God created all things, but it is man who has fallen and has distorted in rebellion what God has given us. But it is from the world. It's from the world, he says. The world is passing away along with its desires. Everything that you want, it's going to end. All the things that you have, all the goals you might have for your career, 
The bigger house you want, the nicer car that you want, all those things, even if you do get them, they're eventually going to fall apart and decay and rust. And if not, the Lord's coming back and they're going to be burned up. It's not going to be here. You have the promise of eternal life in Christ. And in that, you've overcome the world. He says, and the world is passing along away with its desires, but whoever does the will of the Father abides forever. Well, I want that. I want to abide forever with the Father. From man's rebellion in the garden until today, the values of the world are in rebellion against God. And we need to take that in and realize that. Don't let the world pull you away from that faith that's already overcome and is victorious. 2 Peter 1 and verse 4, and we just read this briefly in 1 John 2, the world is full of corruption because of sinful desires. James warns us in chapter 4 and verse 4, he says that friendship with the world, to have a loving friendship with the world, is enmity with God. James chapter 1 and verse 27, James says this, pure and undefiled religion is, what keep, is to keep oneself unstained from the world. You don't want those things anymore. You want the Creator. You want to be without sin. You want to live in the blood of Christ and walk in the light. That is the faith that gives us victory. What's God done about the sinful and rebellious state of the world? Listen to these words again. 1 John 4 and verse 9. And this is the love of God. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. God has presented and shown His compassion and His care and His steadfast love to you. How? Because God has sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And there's the victory. There's the source. There's the power. Verse 13, And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. I can't imagine anybody today not looking at the state of the world and not thinking, not thinking, that we don't need a Savior. Uh, or, or, or thinking that uh, there's no Savior that's needed, that everything is okay. This is foolish. We look at the corruption. We see the things right here, and we know the power of God. This morning, I want to encourage you to think about 1 John and to be encouraged by what John is saying there, that the victory, the Nikkei, that overcomes the world, you have that. And you need to live in it. And it's what strengthens you, and it's what has that great effect in changing our life that helps us that even though we sin, our sins, again, are being cleansed. But because of that faith, we don't want to, we don't want to practice those things. We have the hope of eternal life, and we know whom they come from. And because we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, we've been born of God. The Bible tells us, Christ says, in John 3 and verse 5, He says, you must be born of the water, and the Spirit. The Bible tells us that we're regenerated and we have new life through baptism, um, through the, that taking part the resurrection of Christ and the newness of life. When we're baptized, we're united with Christ. Romans chapter 6, 4-6. through six. We read about these things. We can go over to 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 and see that we are to be born again and we do so through baptism. 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. That's life through the resurrection. All these things are meant for that victory. And to come to our conclusion this morning, I want you to look at and listen to the passage we had read. This is our reading. So John concludes his epistle and he says this, 
We know that everyone who's been born of God does not keep on sinning. Well, they have the faith that overcomes the world. But he who was born of God, he who was born of God protects him. And the evil one does not touch him. And we know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true. In His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. All this this morning is to remind us what John was saying here is the victory is in Christ. But you stand and live by your faith. And you'll see a great effect and greater change and wonderful things in your life as you continue to have hope of eternal life. I encourage you this morning, if you haven't been born of God, you can do so this morning that you can repent of your sins and confess your faith. You could put on Christ in baptism and you can rise up to begin a new life like we read about in the Scriptures. You may be born again. You can come to God and be faithful and live in that faith that Jesus is the Son of God. You need prayers and encouragement this morning. We want to pray with you and encourage you. If you've been struggling and there are certain things that come up in your life, I hope that you do this. You listen to what John said in 1 John chapter 1, that you walk in the light and that you confess your sins to the Father and the blood of Christ will continue to wash away your sins. We do this. We have this victory because we believe that Jesus is the Son of God. And He's blessed us. And this is how we've overcome the world.